Hello and welcome back to Oh Dear Lore. I'm Creighton. And I'm Jessica. And guys, oh my gosh, we have spent the last two weeks doing research. Oh. And we have a fascinating subject this week. This will probably be the most in-depth episode we've ever had. In the sense of us personally going into the topic. Right. And Hands now, out. normally we like to talk with y'all about our weeks. And we do hope that y'all have had a good week. But this episode is so massive, there's so much information that honestly, I think we just need to jump into it, Jess. Yes, also, just in case you hear cars go by, sorry. Yeah, we're back downstairs because I don't have the key to the upstairs. They have me a key made, but it's still upstairs. I've never came and got it. So this is your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. this is 100% my fault. This Shame time. on you. So we're locked out of our normal recording studio. And we really hope that you'll forgive us, but... Forgive Creighton. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm forgive kidding. Me. But me and Jessica would like to share that we have reached a personal milestone. Yes. So we have posted 20 episodes before this one. This is number 21. And to celebrate, we have brought champagne. Whoop whoop. So we're having a good time here, guys. And we hope that you have a good time with us. This, this episode... <laughs> <laughs> this episode makes my mouth water. It makes, you know what, I almost made a dirty joke, but there could be kids who listen, so I'm not going to do it. But it makes certain parts of me quiver. And I am so excited we're doing this episode. And as I, a gay man, Creighton is terrified. <laughs> I am, but I will say this. Um, we did get our first, like, fan message. Yes, we did. And it was from Nico. And... I just want to thank you for sending that, Nico. It made my week uh, to hear that he loves the show and that he loves listening to it. Mwah. So thank you so much, Nico. And once again, if any of you want to send us messages or ask questions or have any ideas for future episodes that we should cover, you can always find us at odearlore at google.com, at gmail.com, sorry, if you want to email us. You can also find us on Twitter at Dear underscore Lore yes. and Instagram at oh Dear Lore 8 which is where we normally post pictures from our episodes. And I assure you, you're going to want to see it this week. Oh yeah, because we've been doing some deep diving. What I do for y'all is not say well, I do it for me, but I do it for you as well. Right, like, we normally don't have time to do deep dive, so that's when we've taken the past few weeks to really dive into this and we hope this is a good episode and due to time restrictions there is so much information surrounding this subject that we've only been able to do a slice so future episodes will probably go back into this guys for sure because there's so much spare information that we just couldn't place into the stories we're trying to tell today and you know what this journey that i've started with this episode i'm not gonna stop here because I'm stupid. I don't want to die, apparently. But I'm so fascinated, so I might update you on some things. Because okay. I'm still getting messages. Really? And I have the screenshots. I have it all. I'm we'll getting messages. Them. So. Alright, so, guys, this week, after all this hype, what we're talking about uh, is Scientology. Bum, bum, bum! And if you follow us on Twitter, you saw that I made a post the other day since I run the Twitter account going, is it a religion or a cult? And there's a lot of debate out there, guys. Because there, there's some extreme shit. <laughs> like, I... 
I don't even know how to start. it so nicely. So, me and Jessica, just so we're clear, we were raised Southern Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. Oh, are you? I'm Pentecostal. Oh, I thought you went to the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, no, we did. You did? But I'm Pentecostal. Oh, okay. My bad. Because my parents... So, I was correct. You did go to the Southern I Baptist. went, but I okay. was not of the church. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I was never a member. All right, so I knew you went there. I just didn't... Okay. I'm making a face right now. We're Protestant, guys. That's what we are. There you go. Not prostates. Protestant. No, I'm a little prostate in there. On my mom's side. Yeah, a real pain in the ass. A little pain oh, in wait, the ass. Oh, wait, that makes you a hemorrhoid. Um, hey. Anyways. <laughs> we, uh, that was not a good joke, was it? <laughs> that was it, not good. <laughs> so sorry. It really wasn't. It won't happen again. I promise. I, it probably will. Shut up. <laughs> so, guys... While we were doing this research, what started all off is me and Jessica have been watching the show by Leah Remini, which yeah. is Scientology in the Aftermath. Mm. And coming from our Protestant backgrounds, this is so odd to us, guys. I'm not going to lie. From what we were taught growing up and what, what we have read, and I've studied other religions, and it's still odd to me. Yeah. Like, it just is. So, this is coming from our perspective. I just wanted to show the bias before we start. So, this may not feel odd to you, but we're going to cover a few things. So, am I starting this week? You're starting. Alright. So, we're going to start with the uh, Messiah, if you will. <laughs> okay, sorry. Of the religion. Go ahead, go ahead. So, L. Ron Hubbard takes the place as the messenger, the Messiah, the herald, the prophet whatever you want to call it from your own religion or your own experiences to Scientology. But there's a lot of confusing information out there about L. Ron Hubbard. Because when you actually do your research, L. Ron Hubbard has a um, autobiography that is actually printed up by Scientology and it's actually put out there just like their gospel, their words, everything else. Yep. That Scientology members can follow along. The problem is that we live in the modern era and you can actually track down documents. You can find people who knew people. So, with it being so new, we can actually look at L. Ron Hubbard's life. So, I'm going to go over some of the misstatements from his autobiography. I'm not going to call them lies because, I mean, they are, but I'm not going to call them Alleged. That. You are exposed, sir. Exposed, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Exposed, sir. So, basically, the story starts off talking about him growing up. And he had stated that his grandfather was a very wealthy rancher out where he grew up and that he grew up helping rustle the cattle and all that as a cowboy. The truth of the matter is, his grandfather never owned a ranch. Now, he was a vet, and he actually did service ranches. So, it's possible that L. Ron went with him, did some work on the ranches, whatever. But his grandfather was not a rancher. So, um, he also stated in his autobiography that he was a blood brother of the Blackfoot Indians by the age of 10. What? Yeah. Now, the problem is that when you talk to the Blackfoot Indians, they don't have a blood brotherhood ritual. So he couldn't have possibly been one because they've never had one. 
Why? Uh, right, like why would you do this? Now, here's the one that hit me personally, Jess. Here's oh the one that I have obsessed over, that I have had problems over. He was a 12-year-old Eagle Scout. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I'm so sorry. I grew up in the Boy Scouts. Mm. I did. I worked my ass off from Cub Scouts up into Boy Scouts all the way to my own Eagle Scout. And I am one of the youngest Eagle Scouts in American history. And I'm not saying that as a brag because there's also some other ones from my troop who earned it at the same time because we had really good Scoutmasters who pushed us and made us get all the requirements early on. So, I was 14. The youngest one was 14. So he couldn't have got it at 12 because that just doesn't even exist because there's time restriction between levels, everything else. So L. Ron Hubbard could not have been a 12 year old Eagle Scout. Pray and put your hand down. You're triggered and you're moving your hands and I don't want to get slapped today. Well, I'm just because there's so many people who work for that. Only 2% of Boy Scouts even become Eagle Scouts. Yeah. And it is such like an honorific thing to me personally. I've never been in the military, but it's almost like you walk up and go, I was in the Marines, but I was part of the Black Ops unit. And people are like, the fuck you weren't? You didn't even join the Marines. Because L. Ron Hubbard is actually not documented to have joined the Boy Scouts anywhere at all. Right. But it is documented that he went camping with them sometimes. But it isn't even in there. This guy was the pathological liar. Like, this isn't even, this skims it, though. This is just a skim. Right. Now, L. Ron Hubbard was allegedly really bad with money. <laughs> and his wife and his child, when he grew up, were kind of struggling to get along with him. Because, do you know what he was, Jessica? What? Do you know what his job was? What? He was a science fiction writer. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he has a, a world record for yeah. writing the most bullcrap. Like, he wrote a freaking ton of just bullcrap. 60 books worth of Scientology yeah. fiction. And yeah. some of his wives, his, his ex-wives, because he had a few, apparently, uh, said that they wrote some of them, that he stole it, their own work. Yeah. And do you know who published his very first article? It was a short story. Let me, what? Pulp Magazine. Do you know what other stories he wrote that weren't science fiction? What? Cowboy novels. <sighs> Yep, people, you hear it first here. You hear it first. You heard it first. I'm sorry, I'm too Southern sometimes. Southern. Yep. So, <laughs> he actually a... wrote cowboy stories and science fiction. And if that doesn't tell you a lot about today's story, nothing else in this will. So, he did actually join the Navy. He was part of the Navy. Right. Now, according to Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard earned 21 service medals yeah. while in combat. Now, mind you, when you look at some of these, some of these are medals for battles that he wasn't even in because he wasn't on the right front of the war because he was in World War II. Some of these are foreign service medals that are given by other countries but not to Americans. And when Scientology was asked about that, they said, well, he was a spy and they thought he was one of them, which, all right, Let's just go from there. Now, let's talk about the actual Navy records. The ones that are held by the U.S. Navy currently, which they say have been falsified because he was a spy. But according to the U.S. Navy records, 
L. Ron Hubbard wasn't even allowed out on a ship because he was so bad at taking commands, they put him on a desk job. When he finally kind of controlled himself, they gave him control of one submarine. He was the commander on it, and it was only allowed to patrol the coast of California. It wasn't even even out in the waters where the actual battles were happening. No. It patrolled the coast. Not only that, one day he alleged that he had seen a Japanese submarine and he unleashed a barrage of artillery against it. Turns out, it was a very well-known, like, by the entire U.S. Navy on all the maps, it was a magnesium ore deposit that was seeping out and it messed with the radar. I'd read about that. Also... He almost started a war with Mexico. Did you know about that? I had I had heard a little bit about it. So, do you know what happened? No, I'm not sure. All right. So, basically, while on the submarine, of course. L. Ron Hubbard was tired of not having any action. So, he decided that him and his guys needed some artillery practice. So, they went to an American island that is uninhabited, and they unleashed the weapons off of the submarine. Turns out... It was the Coronado Islands that are owned by Mexico. He fired and attacked on Mexican soil. Luckily, once again, it was uninhabited, but that's not the point. He could have started an international war with Mexico during World War II. This is a potential Hitler. That's the thing about him. He has all the signs. He's got all the, like, every, he ticks everything. He all could, right. well... He was kind of a Hitler in a way, but you know. Right. So now, before we go any deeper, guys, into L. Ron Hubbard or Scientology, whatever. When I said on Twitter this week, is it a cult versus religion? I thought that we should look at what actually makes a cult versus a religion. So, cults, and here's the thing about these. Between cults and religion is a very fine line. Oh, yeah. Because at times, religions actually have some of the traits of cults. And cults really, really focus a lot on religions. And not all cults are the same, so not all cults have all of these indicators. But I went ahead and found some of the differences from a Quora article from Quora.com. That's Q-U-O-R-A if you want to go check it out. Um, to where they talked about the differences between cults and religion. So, let's start with cults. Okay. Cults have a single unquestionable leader. So, whatever that leader says is unquestionable. Normally because they're a prophet or they speak directly to the God, they cannot mm -hmm. be questioned. They're the whatever. Uh, there is no, well, I was just wondering about this and getting an answer. No, there is no questioning the leader because it's seen as defiance. So, religion normally have a plurality and a hierarchy, and they're not unquestionable. You can have your doubts. You can go in and you can say, I've really been wondering about something, and I just don't know, guys. It doesn't add up to me. Can you kind of point me in the right direction? And they can help you out, because a lot of Christians do that all the time. Like, there's things in the Bible that you go, something about this just doesn't add up to me. Right. And you can go to a preacher, you can call the church, you can literally call other churches and all ask around about it without anybody being any different to you because of the fact that you're just trying to find the answer. Right. So, cults <laughs> tend to believe in cohabitation. Very oftenly, 
for the elite members at least, they believe that you should live together mm -hmm. and cohabitate and be around each other 24-7. Now cults do this for the reason of monitoring and surveillance and that way someone always knows what's going on with you. Now, the difference between that and most religions is most religions believe in getting together. They believe in holding classes right. where you can go and learn and you can fellowship and you can better yourself. But at the end of the day, you go back and have your own life. Right. You have your own personality. You have your own family. So, um, cults often believe in isolation. They like to isolate their members away from the rest of the world. Because a lot of times, people pick up on cults. They know what's happening in cults. They know that cults aren't the normal. And so cults have to isolate their people away. That way people don't get too suspicious inside the cult. Because once you're out in the world and having a free exchange of ideas, it's a lot harder to stay in cults because you realize that some of this shit's weird. Now, religions... They, a lot of times, like in Christianity, we were raised to be a part of the world, but not of, of it. Of the world, yeah. So, Christianity already tells you, hey, you're going to be out there. You're going to meet other people. You're going to meet people from all walks of life. And you've got to live there. Because it's the world. you got to love them, too. Right. Yeah. But, you're not to go out and do things that you know are wrong, even if they say it's okay. Right. <clears throat> because you live in the world, not of it. And that is a good stark example between the Christian religion and what we're talking about today. Hmm. So, um, a lot of cults use coercion. Now, this is one that gets really kind of sticky between religion and cults. Because a lot of people say that religion coerces you into things. Right. Uh, a lot of times people would say that just because you and I were born into Christian families, we've been coerced into religion. It's fair, though. It is. I consider that fair. Right. It is fair to say, but at the same time, was I also coerced into going to high school? Was I also I coerced was. into being a Republican? Because I'm not. I was right there in a Republican household and I'm a Democrat. But so was I. Right. So, so like, coercion doesn't exactly try. And, I mean, I will admit, I don't go to church. I don't really read. I study a lot of different religions. Not practice, study, because I find them fascinating. Right. Um, so, I, I haven't been coerced, even though I was raised in it. But, like, well, and I'll say, um, what's the word? Whenever you're trying to... Um, pretty much get people to believe what you believe you kind of rely on ignorance as right. well well see like you know? one of the hallmarks of a cult is normally like if you go to a cult for answer to say like what do you believe they'll share what knowledge they have available right available right and we'll get into that in uh, yeah we will on this list and then they will immediately go, you should come to the meeting. You should come over here. You should come over here. You should look at this. You should meet this person. You should talk to this person. You should find out. Like, they're very persistent because they know that there is only a small window that they have to capture you. Because if you get out and you're talking to people and you're asking around like, well, I was thinking about going over here and people are going to go, that's a cult. And you're going to go, what? And you're going to have to reevaluate it. So they have to get you in quick. Right. That way, when someone comes across to you and goes, well, that's a cult. No, no, no. I've been over there. Right. It's fine. Like, they're nice people. They can't be a cult. Yeah. So, now, 
Here's one thing about cults. They're really, really big on what to believe in. Yeah. And they're insistent upon it. Now, religions, yes, they tell you how you should live your life. They should tell you, well, you like where you should go, what you should do. But at the same time, they don't force it on you. They, yeah. I mean, and you are going to meet Christians out there that will force it down your throat as far as you let them. Yeah. But that is not what the religion itself does. Right. That is the independent Christians. Well, it's, um, Gandhi once said that I love God, but I hate his Christians. And it's kind of that concept. It's right. The, it's the Christians, not the God. In, or, I do or believe, the text. I do believe the exact quote from Gandhi was, I have a great deal of respect for Christ. Right. I just wish that Christians were more Christ-like. Exactly. I, I think that was the exact quote. And y'all can correct this. I've already told you where you can go correct us. We don't mind that. But either way, the principle is the same. Right. And there's always... and Okay, this is where the cult and religion goes difficult. Is There's always like a sense of vulnerability that is needed to get someone into a religion and into a cult. Right, like a lot of times... Always. A lot of times, cults blend in with religions because they show up to tragedies. Right. They show up where there are lost people. That's why when you look at some of the greater cults that have been uncovered in history, mm -hmm. you find drug addicts, or you find people who were homeless, or people who had a troubled childhood. You find these people because they were lost. Right. They didn't have the support system from the community, from the family, whatsoever. Right. So, let's move on to the next subject. Cults lead you to believe that you alone are special. Right. With the other people in the cult. So, like, religions often treat people as you and the people like you are special because you have chosen this path. A lot of times cults go, no, you are special because you have this ability. You have these powers. You have this. You have that. Whereas religions, like, all people can do it. It's just those who try right. that reach it. Right. So it's not that you as a human are special. It's that you, due to your choices, are special that religion preaches a right. lot of times. Right. So then you go in to things like cults only give you a small amount of information to start out with. And they give you more like breadcrumbs as you give more commitment. Right. So... That's really one of the hallmarks of it. Because, like, if you look at the stories of religion, literally, I can go on the internet today, and I can go to the sites for Buddhism. I can go to the sites for any of the sects of Christianity. I can go to the sites for Islam or Judaism. You can go to a multitude of religions' websites, and they will tell you exactly from their creation story to their prophets to all of their messages. You can even find normally their religious texts online right. to buy and study. You can find books going understanding the Bible, understanding... Apps. Right. Free apps. Like, religions are out there trying to give you all the information, and they have preachers and synagogues and rabbis and things like that to help understand the information when you don't. Whereas cults... They have the information, but you have to prove that you're committed to them before they keep giving you a little bit more. It's not all readily available at the beginning. You can't just talk to anyone to find out about it. And we'll see that later. So, uh, cults often give an us-versus-them mentality. 
Oh, yeah. So it is very much like you, this special person. You are special, and you must protect yourself and the other people of the religions from them, the others, the outside, whatever we're opposing. And that is a very, like, warlike tactic. It gets its members set to where no matter what the outside world says, the outside world is trying to tear them down from inside. It can't possibly be right. And that's all about the delusion that they start to create mm -hmm. and craft in uh, cults. Whereas, like, when you look at religion, you're encouraged in religions to go out and show your faith. But normally through small acts. Right. Like, you're you are asked to live your life to the best possibility in front of others and hopefully encourage others to come back with you. Right. So, now, cults a lot of times don't allow you to leave freely. Now, I don't know if Scientology's ever done anything like that, Jess. I think that one of us might speak about things like that. Just maybe. Right. Well, I guess we'll have to see when we get there. But you know, cults are a lot like almost exactly like a bad like a abusive relationship. Right. There's a sense of isolation, the gaslighting. Right. Like the vulnerability. a lot of times they love to separate you from your friends. Right. And family. And a lot of times it's because your <clears throat> friends just don't understand or your friends wouldn't understand. And, or you have new friends. Like, those old friends are holding you back. They're right. holding you down. You gotta get rid it of them. You just outgrew them, you know? And it's, it's just... You're trying to better you. You don't have time for people who won't believe. Right. Or sometimes when you really, like... Like, like let's say, abusive relationship. They, I love them, and they just don't... They're just trying to get between us. Like, they just don't... They just don't want me to do better than them. Right. It, you, you rationalize I mean, it, it. really is an abusive type of relationship it's, but it's, it's not like with it. a person it's with a religion well i guess you can say the cult. leader right but yeah but well i mean once they get so massive like large it's no longer just the leader it's the institution itself you can also be more heinous in the sense you're t you're stealing their faith not just everything you know right everything else. like you're attacking them for their faith their religion everything every little small thing right that you do so now one of the last things about cults, because we've already talked about them being secretive. We've already talked about them being controlling. A lot of times, they're totalitarian. Like, they require you to give things to them. Mm -hmm. They require money or they require time. You have to give up certain things in your life. And we're not talking about making a few choices like switching away from pork because it's dirty or something like that. We're talking about, like, in some things like Scientology, you have to buy your way in. And they go, well, it's for the classes we teach, which makes sense to a logical person. Right. Because they're like, well, you're right. You're teaching me something. I guess I need to give you something back for your time. It's just like a college course. Right. Now you, know, you can do them online now. Right. But see, like, here's the thing. There are people in Scientology who have spent like $500,000 just to get up into the upper echelons. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, Jess, but as I have done this research, I realized that you don't have to worry about me being a Scientologist because I am way too damn broke to be a Scientologist. But they don't tell you that. They're like, oh, yeah, it's affordable. I know, but now that I've done the research, yeah. I realized that, A, even if I joined, I'd just be on that base level forever. And then they can tell you, oh, well, um, let's say on your level five, oh, well, um, on level three, we found some new scroll in a, in a lo you know, locker somewhere. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get into it. Oh, that. are we? Okay. All right. 
So that's really what we're focusing on on this episode. It's the difference between religion and cults. So overall, we have that a lot of times, although like religions require money, because I mean, they do have to get funded, but it's voluntary most of the time. Like a tithe, where me and Jessica grow up, you can tithe to the church. It's not necessary. Even though the Bible says you should give this much, the church doesn't look down on you if you don't have that much to give. Right. So, everybody can give, nobody can give whatsoever. Whereas in a lot of times, cults require you to give money. Cults are secretive. You'll only learn new knowledge as you get deeper in, as you spend more money, spend more time, whatever you've got. It's not all just laid out for you in the beginning about what they believe, what they truly believe in all the stories surrounding it. Cults, a lot of times, will try to disconnect you from the people you know, the people you love, the people who don't believe like you, because those people can speak sense to you. Those people can pull you away from the cults, and the cults can't have that. Right. I like how you said the word disconnect. I know. It'd be such a shame if you were to get disconnected. And yes, Garnet, that was for you. Uh, a friend of mine who listened to the show. We have oh, really? a joke. Yeah. We play online video games together. Yeah. And the other night, we had somebody who just wasn't doing their job. So we voted to kick them. And in the game, it gives you a choice to replace that person with someone else waiting in line. Next person come in and they said, what happened to your last healer? And all of us were just kind of looking around like, um... We disconnected. Um, that's what Garnet said. He we said, disconnected? He, he said, they got disconnected, and the new healer went, disconnected, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. So now it's just been a group joke that it would be a shame if you were to be disconnected. disconnected. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hashtag Santaldi All right, so now that we've looked at religions and cults, yes. we're going to hop back over to Hubbard and look more at his life because well, it's so fascinating and crazy. And guys... I'm skipping over some of the craziest bullshit in his life because of the fact that there's just so much I couldn't have put it all in this one episode. So, Jessica and I have decided that he's going to come up in a future episode by himself. Probably sooner than later, just probably not like like the next episode. Right, because we've still got to do some more research and consolidate that into an episode, but there's so much research out there. I might have to do like a series. (laughs) So... According to their prophecies, their whatever you call it, with their Messiah, Hubbard, the way that he found Scientology was through research. But Scientology was not the first thing to come from his research. Do you know what it was? No. Well, Dianetics, you may have heard that because Hubbard wrote a book way before Scientology was ever found. Hubbard, through his research, found Dianetics and wrote the book called Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health. Now, Hubbard thought that this book was amazing. He even had friends who hopped on it with him because it made sense to him. Like, actual doctors hopped on this. So they took it before the American Psychiatric Association. And they were laughed out of the building quite literally. Because when the book was read and reviewed, Hubbard had only done a few patients from one doctor and he hadn't shown any of his testing methods he hadn't shown any of his research he had just wrote the book now let's talk about dianetics because it's fun parts of it jess 
makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot about like it's kind of like a look into yourself kind of thing. Well, it is. You're held accountable. For well, like in the book, it talks about Ingrams. Now, Ingrams are the bad things in your life that are holding you back from reaching higher things and like being a normal person. Right. So, he rationalized that these Ingram, these traumas, if you will, mm -hmm. might cause mental stress, which. Not? is an actual psychiatric thought. Right. And he thought that through talking and through examining and through reliving and trying to get over them, you could help your mental health. Sound familiar? Very. So, here's where it gets weird. Oh, here's where it gets weird? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, psychi like psychiatrists already do this. Right. But now, I will say that being laughed out of the building created a lifelong hatred for psychiatrists with him. Doesn't it always? Does it sound like it sounds like Hitler? Yeah, you laughed at my painting. So Wait, Jesus. The next part is what we call auditing. He created auditing in his first book of Dianetics. Now auditing is where basically it's like a lie detector test, but it doesn't have the heart rate monitor. No. -uh. All it has is the electrical can that studies your. Uh, the electrical impulses. Right. That's it. An e-meter. Yeah. That's what he calls it is an e-meter. And he created it in this book. Now, mind you, he was sued by the FDA because the FDA said, you can't put that this helps your mental health or does anything on here. And so L. Ron Hubbard didn't make any claims about the e-meter. He just said that this is how it happened. Did you read how he tested it? Mm-hmm. I did. I don't have it in here because I figured that we'd get that into his actual story okay. but um so basically want to talk about some of the fun theories about dianetics about where some of these egrams come from all right so there's a theory in dianetics and you can let me know how true this is jessica oh shut up all right so <laughs> well no you can because i don't i don't know women this well so l ron hubbard claims that when women are pregnant, they all cheat on their husbands. And while they're doing it, while they're getting dicked down by someone else, um, they're sitting there cussing their husbands and That's speaking hard. badly about his name, talking about how he'll never measure up and he'll never be as good of a lover as the man that she's with at the moment. And this thought seeps into the baby's mind. And that's why you should never name your child the same thing as your husband because he thinks you're talking about him he, your baby thinks that you're not diddling him right. Like, so, you should never talk like that in front of your baby. But L. Ron Hubbard said, this is where Ingram start. And this is what we've got to get back to because all women do it. So all babies have these problems. Well, I never had a kid, Creighton. But I'll tell you what, I like how your mom and dad and my mom and dad stuck together through all this crap. Me too. Like, I do... <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be real. I know you're, you know, I'm not, no disrespect to anyone, but of course a white dude would write this. Yeah, no. I'm just being 100%. Real. Like, I agree with that statement. Freaking white people. <laughs> Somewhere to God. I can't tell you how many times I had that thought while reading this, like, this research. What? It's like, I hate being white. All this, yeah. You know, not even all of a sudden, but it makes it worse. So, now. Let's go into it, because according to L. Ron Hubbard, anyone could learn to audit, you or I. 
All you had to do was pay $500 and come to his class. And then you and I can come back here to Alex City and we can just start our own Dianetics thing. You know, what ha- you know I, I Google, there's no Scientology in Alabama. You know why? You get shot. This Quickly. is the Bible Belt. I mean, honestly, we're lucky to have Mormons because you have to show up on people's doors. People don't even like Mormons. I mean, they don't do well. People get Mormons get shot at with BB guns yeah. on, the, on the daily, and Jehovah's Witnesses do. Yeah, you're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. We Which, by bit. the way, we don't support those actions. Don't shoot at people. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, you cannot answer your door. You can ask them to go away. Don't shoot at them. But that's the culture of Alabama. Right. So. For real. So anybody could do it. So all they had to do was pay $500 once, come back to their hometowns, and start up their own odding thing. Do you see the problem with this? After a while, you can't make money. Because nobody needs to come back because they can already audit. So, L. Ron Hubbard looked at it. He decided to write his second book. Now, in this second book, L. Ron Hubbard came up with some new theories from his research, which... By the way, he still has never disclosed any of the research, mainly because he's dead. So. It's like his religion. No, it's still alive. It's dying. It's kicking. It's dying. So, in this second book, his theory came up with theons. They're like the soul of the human being. And these souls, over time, get reborn into new bodies. Mm -hmm. Like, they live multiple lives. And as you go through these lives, you're trying to get better. You're trying to make it. And not only do you have Ingrams from this lifetime when your mom was talking bad about your dad in the womb, but also you have Ingrams from all the other times that you have not cleared throughout history, the billions of lives when that you have When your mom was lived. a whore, all these, all these billions of years. Right, well, like, like, it even goes back, there's a story in his second Dianetics book about a clam. Did you read this? I didn't read the clam one. I remember about the, the explosions. Don't worry, that comes next. I've, I figured. So, in his second book, Elbron Hubbard talks about how these Ingrams from the past are people's past lives. And one of example he gives is the clam. Human beings used to be a clam. <laughs> and the hinge. I'm a clam. The hinge of the clam became the jawbone. And that's where we get our ability to bite from. But he said that you're not allowed to tell people this because if you tell people about a poor clam dying on the sand, a man will come up with an incredible toothache from his past life of where he was a dying clam. And he'll have to go to a dentist. And you'll hurt other human beings with this secret knowledge. Which is how he kept people from going out and just spreading it. He then also said that he was the only one who could determine whether these Ingrams were being dispersed or not. So now he's taking away the problem of other people being paid to do this. So now L. Ron Hubbard has made it to where you have to pay him every time. And like these sessions can be up to $500 a session. And Scientology requires you to have these readings. Oh yeah. And they can last forever depending yeah. on what they want. Like there's claims that people go, yes, I remember this one time I stole a candy bar back in 1947 in my past life. Can I go now? Just so they can leave. Yeah. Like, I mean... And the worst part is, because I'm sure that some of these people go, this is bullshit. 
But then at the same time, they think, but everybody else had these secret lives. Surely I had these well, secret lives. Well, you know, Christopher lives. Reeves, the, you know, um, Superman, he actually was called in to do it. He lied as if he was being a dick, but it was funny. He was lying and telling all these stories of his past lives, and he said, I knew they were full of crap. Yeah. Or at least the, the e-meter was. So, after Diametics failed, because when L. Ron Hubbard came out with these multiple lives things, his doctor friends and all said... Mm, no. And so, L. Ron Hubbard actually filed for bankruptcy mm -hmm. over Dianetics. And when he did, he became scared he was going to lose the rights to his ideas from Dianetics, which an author would know. So, what did he do? He created Scientology and made the Dianetics the framework, which makes it a religious text, which means it cannot be taken. So... I don't like him. I'm sorry. No. I don't like him at all. So, now, as Scientology began to grow, other governments started to take notice because governments do that. The FBI had already opened a file into Elrond. So, Elrond was living on a ship out in international waters, trying to avoid it, <laughs> but he set up a secret operation called Operation Snow White. Mm -hmm. And now, this operation led to be one of the largest infiltrations of the U.S. government in history and resulted in Scientology stealing close to 50,000 documents mm -hmm. from the U.S. government's um, Justice Department and the IRS Department. Oh, yeah. And Jessica is going to speak about that later, so I'm not going to go into detail here. Um, so... Now, Scientology has different levels of where you're at. These are called PT levels. And you have to pay to advance the classes to get to the next level. And each level allows you to do different things. Like, the highest one is PT-8. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get there to PT-8, you are supposed to be able to control people's minds with your own mind. Tom Cruise freaking wishes. I know, right? I mean... Maybe he could get Katie back. Anyway, <laughs> so at PT3, Scientology finally tells you their creation story. And now, mind you, by PT3, you're already somewhere around $250,000 in to this religion. Mm -hmm. So, would you all like to hear the creation story? Because we do those often, and I find this one fascinating. I'm glad we did this right after our reincarnation episode. That worked out on its own. I know, right? What up? Like, we didn't even know we were doing this when we chose reincarnation. We just happened to be talking. Hey, you watching this show? Yeah. So, here's the story that we have found on the internet. And now, Scientology said this doesn't exist, but then again, they would. That's what cults do. Hmm. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Anyway, so this story starts with a dictator named Xenu, who is the head of the Galactic Confederacy out in space. Now, his planets out in space that he was in charge of were beginning to be overpopulated and people were starting to starve. So Xenu, as a dictator, knew what he must do. He went to the psychiatrist on his planet and had him help pick some of the deformed, if you will, individuals on his planet. And they sent out letters from their IRS saying that taxes were owed and they must come to the, uh, to the government's headquarters. So, these people came and as they walked through the door, they were frozen solid. 
Then Zeno collected them all up on a spaceship and traveled to Earth, where he threw the frozen bodies down into a volcano. And because volcanoes don't kill people, he decided to nuke the hell out of the volcano with a nuclear weapon. Now, this incinerated the body and released the Theons into the air because their souls were now trapped on this planet. And those souls went into other living beings. And the souls are constantly trying to reach the state of clear. Now, Jessica, if you're wondering what the state of clear is, that is above PTA. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. We don't know because they're creating new PT levels every day. So, not every day, literally. But every now and then they add a new one. So, over time, they create these PT levels. And now, Jessica, clear is like the very top of the top. Do you know what's right below clear? What's right below clear, Crazy? Jesus Christ and Buddha. Mm-hmm. Even they didn't reach clear. Hmm. They were just sort of clear. Walking on water. Not good enough for them. Nope. 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 How do you win with these people? You don't, don't. Jess. You don't. You don't. You just try to keep as many people from converting as possible. Right. And try to let the religion die. Well, the thing is, is people, these Scientologists, they don't believe anyone from the outside. They think they're all liars. And so when they see on Google, this is what they believe. And maybe they haven't reached that stage yet. That's so they don't know that information. They're like, oh, no, that, that's not true. Right. Because they have no clue. Now, here's the thing. When Xenu got back to his planet... Xenu. Oh, all, right. all names. The other people figured out what he had done. Mm. So, they decided to lock him up. And some stories say that he is still there today under the Great Pyrenees Mountains in Peru. Or wherever the Great Pyrenees are, because I forgot to look it up. <laughs> I'm not even I sure. I think it's Peru. You know, you know. I'm not going to look it up now because I'm stubborn. Can you imagine it's if Peru. Like, one day we get a, a, a free bus through those mountains? We'll be like, dang. Do you know what the worst part is? We have listeners from multiple countries. Uh-huh. And I have a small fear that one of them one day is going to go. It's my country that the Great Pyrenees are, and I'm not Peruvian. And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. I wonder if there's a lot of Scientologists in that area, wherever there are. Well, according to them, no. <laughs> because the fact that it is an intergalactic Martian station for deliveries. Oh. Hmm. I guess they order Domino's oh and just God. get it there. What if they're the tall greys, though? Bitch. Oh my god. This is like five more episodes already. (laughs) What if they're the great Nordics? It's are we gonna we're gonna go missing? (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Operation Snow White though. Alright, let's have go into it because I have a story to tell. And um yeah. So this is Operation Snow White. So pretty much on June eleventh, nineteen seventy-six. Two Scientology agents, Michael Meisner, and which we've talked, he's on the show, mm-hmm. and Gerald Bennett Wolf, were caught in the act of attempted burglary at a courthouse in Washington, D.C., as part of the Guardian Office's ongoing Operation Snow White. Now, if you don't know, Scientology has like a ton of offices. Some are not used, some are used, some they just spend money on for fun. And, uh, and they're massive. Like, yeah. they are larger than even some of the mega churches that State you've heard of. State of the of art, too. Here in America. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Like, they're larger than cathedrals in Europe because we have a lot of European uh, listeners. Like, they have buildings here in America that are larger than Notre Dame. Yeah. And the other thing, though, they have... You have to pay to do anything, to move up. And then they have a celebrity center, so that way they can guarantee that there are celebrities putting this money toward it. So they, they don't have a shortage of money. If anything, they're probably the most most wealthy religion in America, if not. Or they like to brag as if they are, if not. But anyway, the Guardian's office was preoccupied for the next year with attempts to hush up the scandal, because, you know, they don't look good, you know. So even going to at lengths of kidnapping Meisner and holding him to prevent him from testifying. If you don't know, uh, Scientology has their own prison. Um, so much so that um, Shelley Miscavige, who is the wife of David Miscavige, who has taken over since L. Ron Hubbard died, she has gone missing and is alleged to be at the hole right now. She's gone missing for about 15 years now. Right. Now, I mean, they're alleged. They're- there are other theories, correct, that she just left out of the public light? Well, so Leah Remini, who we watched the show with that we talked about, she's the only person, the first person at all, if unless some more I haven't read about, she's the first person to put um, a missing per- person thing on, case on Like her. a report? Yeah. First person. Well... The problem is, is that there are Scientologist police officers, and that's the jurisdiction. Well, a police officer officer told her that Shelly Miscavige is choosing to separate from uh, society, and that is her choice. Now, um, Leah said, okay, well, on the show she talks about how she did a background check, that guy's a Scientologist, and he wouldn't give her any proof. Like, she, not a not a letter, nothing. Now, there have been multiple, and I mean ton, of people claiming that, that are not Scientologists, and some that, right. you know, some that were never affiliated with Scientology, so they don't have beef with them, who claim to have seen her walking around at, like, the store and all, but she has security, and she looks like she's a cancer patient. Like, her hair right. is falling out. She doesn't Which, look Which, you good. know, it, it could actually be that she has some terminal illness. The problem is... If that was the case, they're being super shady about it. Yeah. Now, there are some people well, who claim that they were security at the hole that claim that they watched her. That's the problem. So, let's see. Okay. So, this is what I'm going to say. One of the PT levels, like, in there, obviously, if David Miscavige is leading it. Right. And his wife is there, then she should be somewhere up toward the top, too. Right. Because clearly, they devoted their life to this. I think it's like PT level 6. I don't have it sitting in front of me, so don't quote me. You're supposed to be able to heal any and all bodily ailments. Right. And so, if she were to have a disease, something degenerative, something like that, it'd be really bad press for her to be in the public. And you couldn't admit it either. According to a, a person who claimed that they were inside... It's that thing. It's all alleged. That's what sucks. Um, he said that there was a situation where David left to go somewhere, some secret meeting, and she handled some things while he was gone. When he came back, he didn't like it. And ah. he was like, okay. And so she didn't show up to Tom Cruise's wedding when she was supposed to. Right. And that's when Leah Remini got involved and all that. And then it goes on from there. You need to watch the show. I'm just saying. Right. (laughs) You gotta watch the show. there's a thousand documentaries. Mm -hmm. Like, there's one called All Clear. Right. 
And, I mean, you should check this out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, going back to uh, Operation Snow White, on July 8th, 1977, the FBI raided Scientology offices in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., seizing over 48,000 documents. They revealed the extent to which the church had committed criminal campaigns of vilification, burglaries, and thefts um, against private and public individuals and organizations as the U.S. Well, as the U.S. government prosecutor put it. Well, there is a clause, which is called pretty much fair game. It's what they call it. And the idea is if anyone is critical of Scientology, it's not just something you should do. It's your duty to pretty much ruin their lives. Yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, anyway, um, a, there was one male on the show that we watched. What's his name? I can't think. Uh, there was several Eisner? men on the show. Well, the, the one that ri- drives around with Leah all the time. Oh, no, that's Mike. Um, Mike. That's it. Um, Eisner? My, is Eisner or Beisner? Anyway. Either way, um, the man that follows Leah on the show, he yeah. is the one that was in charge of enforcing it. Well, see, like, me personally, I took a break from the show to write this because I didn't want the show... Right. Uh, like clouding my vision as I did the research. Right. So that's what I did personally. That way I could get to the bottom of it. I'm going to go back and start watching the seasons again now that I'm not researching. But. Well, have you gotten to season two yet? I, I've gotten to the very uh, second episode of season two. Well, they show documents. Yes. And um, and what's funny is some of these documents were found in you know, during this raid. And, they're, and that's one reason why Scientology was kind of put, they kind of got a handle on them. Well, not so much. They tried. Pretty much they were told that they could no longer have this clause. Even though they still do it, they can't they say, Oh, we don't we don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know. They just deny its existence. Exactly. And so and here's the thing, that's this is as a Christian, obviously I want freedom of religion. But that this is why we need to put some handles on some of our religion in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean this I is I mean fact. well like so here's the thing about it, and here is here's the devil's advocate case for religion, because I'm personally fine with putting freedoms or taxes or whatever on religion, and to an extent. Yeah. Like, I mean, let me say that, to an extent. But where does the government see its end? Because normally, when you give the government power, the government tends to take more and more over time. For sure. So, if you don't stand your ground where you're at and keep them from taking the power in the future, they could possibly take more. I don't know. I just feel like, like with Helter Skelter and Scientology. Right. Well, I mean, and it really breaks down to people say, because when I was trying to find the difference between religions and cults, I ran across about six articles that said that there are no difference between religion and cults. And there was one that said the only difference between religion and cult is about a hundred years. And if a cult can survive that long, it becomes a religion. And there are some very discernible differences. Like, the one thing about a cult is, a cult is normally focused around one person. They may have a deity, they may have this, but that leader, that single unquestionable leader, is what it's focused around. And the reason that most cults can't survive a hundred years is because leaders don't live over a hundred years. And now the problem between 
this one because to be honest, if there had been a weak, ineffectual leader after L. Ron Hubbard, if David Miscavige had not allegedly, ruthlessly <laughs> removed any obstacles to him holding all the power in the religion, this religion would probably be dead by now. It's With only a few small factions. Well, you know, he's, he was really young when he got up in office. He's he like, was 21. Yeah, he's he's just like about to be 50 or 60, something yeah. like that. Do you know how old he was when he headed the messengers? No, I know he was really young. He was 16. That's what I thought. By the age of 20, he was setting up legal firms. He knew L. Ron Hubbard. Too. Yeah. He was in his little He group. worked for L. Ron Hubbard, shooting some of L. Ron's movies out in the desert. Because I don't know if you know this, Jess, but L. Ron actually directed movies. Not about Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, John Travolta was in one of them. I don't want to talk about John Travolta. He got, ah, you know. What about Christy Alley? You want to talk about her? No, I don't really want to talk. I'm in love with Katie Holmes. What about Senor Nay Weaver? Oh my, she's a a Scientologist. I know Laura Prepon is. No, I just love talking about her. I love Laura, (laughs) I know Lauren Prepon is. She's one. Yeah, no, we don't have to talk about that. But no, Senor Nay is not. I was about to get so pissed. Well, she's an intelligent. I was about player. to get up and leave. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Jessica, we've made it this far. We've got to continue. Oh my god. So let's talk about Operation Freakout, though. So this is just one of a, the most disturbing incidents. This is probably the most. Yeah. It well. Okay. I guess. I guess it depends. Oh, can I also throw one thing out there real quick? Sure. Did you know that during Elrond's time, there was not a single charge? Now, mind you, Elrond had a bunch of children and people living on a boat. There was not a single charge, and has never been, a single charge of sexual abuse on that boat. On that boat? Well, like, in Scientology at all, because that was where the main hub was on the boat. There are some. But... but no, I'm talking about, like, as far as Elrond himself. Oh, not no, not him himself, no. Yeah. Which, see, here's the thing about it, and this is this is what is kind of weird. There are more allegations of abuse since he died than yeah. during him. So you can argue it's really David Miscavige is the problem. Also, Elrond was on a lot of amphetamines, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> and that makes your uh, private bits go <laughs> limp. Just throwing that out there. It's, it is what it is. Alright, so we had to go into this one real quick because this is a little bit of a lot of information I'm throwing at you, okay? Yeah. So, buckle up. So, Operation Freakout. This is where the Church of Scientology, Scientology, they create a plan intended to have the U.S. author and journalist Paulette Cooper imprisoned or committed to a psychiatric hospital. Yes. Pretty much shut her up. And they failed. They almost didn't, though. They, I know, they but the important this. part of this story is they failed. Well, that's what's so f- scary is that they could have gotten away with it. Oh, yeah. And it's so... You can't ever call these people stupid. Dave Miscavige nor L. Ron Hubbard are stupid. At all. Um, or at least they weren't as stupid as they could have been. But the plan um, undertaken in 1976 followed years of church initiated lawsuits and covert harassment and was meant to eliminate the perceived threat that she posed against the church and obtained revenge for her publication in 1971 of a highly highly critical book called the scandal of scientology so pretty much she she didn't like him and they just didn't like that 
So Cooper was never a Scientologist. They tried to, some people try to say, well, she was a Scientologist and got out and she has something to gain. No, she doesn't. She was never a Scientologist. No, but her boyfriend was. Her boyfriend, which, which is pretty much what kind of sparked her taste for it. You know and technically, I mean? two of her boyfriends were. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we can talk about that, we have to talk about Operation Daniel. So, this chick, she was, oh my god, I can't imagine. So, as early as February 29th of 1972, the church's third most senior official, Jane Kimber, sent a directive, or a directive to Terry Milner, the Deputy Guardian for Intelligence United States, <laughs> instructing him to collect information about Paulette Cooper so that she can be quote-unquote handled. In response, Miller ordered his subordinates to attack her in as many ways as possible and undertake wide scale so exposure of her sex life a plan which was named operation daniel and this is all part of fair game that we talked about right. a second ago right this is all fair game that they still do they'll take they'll steal your trash okay and it'll tape it back together if you shred stuff just to know technically me and jessica could be fair gamed just for this podcast episode i probably will i don't have any secrets i I have things that I haven't told people, but they're not secrets. If they come out, I will admit to them. Well, there was one man who um, left Scientology, and his wife was still in Scientology. And hmm. they, uh, when, it, when, when he was on his little talking through his e-meter, he told them he was laughing because his dog was humping in his sleep. And it was one of his dreams. He was laughing at his dog being funny. And they accused him of bestiality. They told oh, yeah. his wife that she, he, he had bestiality problems. Do you talk about security checks? No. All right, well, then we'll do it at the end. We'll have to do it at the end. So, Cooper countersued on March 30th, 1972. By the way, they tried to sue her 18 times. Like, good God, you know? They have the money for it. You yeah. know? They have the money for it. So Look, they're making over... <laughs> they're making a quarter of a million dollars off one person, and that's just for the lower levels of PT. They can afford it. Well, and that's the thing is, the more money you have, the quicker you can go up the scale. That's what's bullcrap. So they, like Bloomberg would be perfect. Yeah. So um, Cooper demanded $15.4 in damages for the ongoing harassment, which they have. Um, however, the church stepped up the harassment, for instance, painting her name and phone number on street walls so she would receive obscene phone calls and subscribing her to pornographic mailing lists. Also, she received anonymous death threats and her neighbors received letters claiming that she had a venereal disease. Yeah. That must have been some odd emails for her to get. I tried browsers now. I can't imagine. You know, I can't imagine. So, um... Also, she's probably really, really concerned the first time she got an email that said, Big Titty Latinos! I mean... Because I would be confused as hell. I... I just... At this time, women, even... Well, even now, where if you're was, a strong woman, you're considered a bitch. Yeah, what was it, the 90s? This is the 70s. 70s, sorry. Yeah. No, first of all, there are some amazing tough women that we've got to talk about in this episode from this time period. I mean, seriously. Because there's tough women every time period, but the 70s and the 80s and the 60s, like there's just something about that span of time. Yeah. That there are some truly amazing women who really opened up doors. They're just kick-ass women. And like, well, that's the thing is she's already strong-willed and it's... Right. And people didn't like that as much back... The people don't still... They don't like it. Okay? People don't like it. Okay? I was about to say, Elizabeth Warren just dropped out of the presidential <laughs> race. 
People don't like strong-willed, intelligent women. But, so, I mean, it, it wouldn't be difficult to turn everyone against her just by having that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um... <laughs> So in December 1972, the church launched a new attack called Operation Dynamite. That month, a Scientologist stole a quantity of stationery from her apartment. A few days later, the New York Church of Scientology received two anonymous bomb threats. The following May, Cooper was in, in she got in trouble for making the bomb threats and arranged for a federal grand jury. So yeah, she was accused of sending them bomb threats that they stole from her. They stole her paper to do that. <laughs> the threats had been written on her stationery, and they were marked with her fingerprints. The fall of 1977, ugh, 1977, gosh, after Operation Snow White, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm triggered. I don't like this at all. It no, no, me. this is a horrible thing, and I'm not laughing at it. I'm it laughing at the fact me. that you can't say the word seven. I, I get so triggered. So, like, the FBI discovered the bomb threats had been staged by the Guardian's Office of Scientology, when they found the memo sent between two staff noted on a list of jobs success successfully accomplished, and it's read, conspired to entrap Mrs. Cooper into being arrested for a felony, which she did not commit when they went through, when they did Operation Snow White. They found records proving she didn't do it. Oh, yeah. She could have been, oh, my God, your life is destroyed over well, something I mean, you didn't do. Technically, I was about to say that she could be charged with treason, but she didn't aid an enemy, so... Right. Right. During a time of war, so no. Well, since then, after that, the church itself would try importing her books into foreign countries for the express purpose of suing her in jurisdictions where the laws were stricter than the United States. Even though they're not published there, but they would import them there. You know, that yeah. is yeah. that is a batshit crazy kind of legal genius. A level pettiness. Which, you know... They're not stupid. David Miscavige is actually the one who set up... Because, I don't know if you know this, but there are actually 20 law entities within Scientology that deal with different things. And so, like, when L. Ron Hubbard died, which we'll probably get into in his episode, he actually left control of certain aspects to other people beside uh, David Miscavige. Yeah. And these law entities that David Miscavige himself set up discredited that and took apart L. Ron Hubbard's own will. Well, and that's the thing where a lot of people leave Scientology or they get, or when they're in Scientology, they kind of get, mm, they get a little, uh, because they're, they're taught that their Bible is the word of L. Ron Hubbard, but then there's David Miscavige doing or allowing other things to happen. That's when they the seed starts. Right. It's Leah Remini. Um, it's Mike Brender. That's his name. I was thinking Brender. of Mike, Mike Brender. Which, you know, Leah Remini, you know when hers started, right? Well, Tom, well, she asked about Shelly, and then there was Tom Cruise, and then, of course, Tom Cruise and Katie didn't like read Leah. But, no, Katie was uh, Leah's best friend. Well, she wrote against her. She did a, a report against her. Yes. You have to do a report. So if you think, like, if I thought Creighton wasn't being a good Scientologist, I have to write a report on him Which, about him Creighton not being good. Creighton is gay, so Creighton couldn't be a Scientologist no. to begin with. Because right. we are actually somewhere between mentally insufficient and mentally dead. Well, the idea is they're not even, homosexuals are not even worth saving, is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much he, Ron Hubbard said they should be put on an island somewhere and left. It's, it's, it's evil and insanity. So we have to talk about the Mace Kingsley Ranch and the child abuse from the church. I'm going to give you a trigger warning. There's some, um, some child abuse. 
Um, it, it, yeah, child abuse, there's torture. Just, we're just gonna leave it there, okay? This is your warning. So, the Mace Kingsley Ranch School was a school of Scientology affiliated ranch school for children between the ages of 8 to 17. They set in a rural environment. Um, it started in California, and then they ended up taking it into, like, the wilderness in Texas. Yeah. So, excuse me. By the way, if there's a kid's ranch in the middle of the wilderness, it's, it's, not, it's not good, bro. It, it doesn't sound good, okay? Well, I mean, the girl's ranch is kind of set up in the wilderness here. Not in the middle of the desert there, though. Uh, you're right, but that's because we don't have a desert here. I guess so. Because you know we would have put them poor girls out there. Well, two former members of the Scientology that stayed at the ranch was Tara Real and Nathan Rich, and they made multiple accusations of child abuse and neglect. Um, Wally Hanks, one of the leaders of the ranch, was known to use a paddle to beat the children. First of all, not spank. It's not like you go to the paddling at school. It's in beating their backs, beating their butt, beating literally everything. So, um, they, he would force them to stare at a photo of L. Ron Hubbard that was mounted to the wall while he did so. There is some audio of it, and I'll be honest, it's extremely disturbing. I messaged, I was talking to Creighton when I was watching it and listening, and it, it literally made me nauseous, the sound of, like, the yeah. sound of it all. It really bothered me. And, um, I have a strong stomach. So, the children are forced to work over 100 hours a week of manual labor. And... Which is against U.S. labor laws. I mean... For, for those of our guests who are not from the U.S., here in the U.S., we have child labor laws right. like most civilized countries. And so children aren't allowed to work in dangerous conditions or really at all. Right. Uh, you, like, I mean, you can have them do chores around the house. You can even have them sweep up like at your shop or whatever for a little spare money. But you can't have them do labor, labor. Right. Well, and even adults usually don't work over 40, usually don't work over 40 hours most time. That's full time. Right. Like, I mean, even on a long week of mine, I get 45 and right. Adam gets 50. Right. But you don't do Because Adam works much. five, 10 hour shifts. It's not often to see someone do over 60 hours. No, 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 no. Very, it's it's very, very rare. rare. So to imagine children, and like I said, eight to 17 here. So these are like kids in this heat. Okay. Uh, so sometimes children were forced to eat at the dumpsters because, quote unquote, if they were going to act like pigs, then they would have to eat like pigs. However, um, there were maggots at the dumpsters, and some of the kids would get maggots. Yeah, I know that's. I said I did the warning now. Um, I thought you were talking that you were about to say some of the kids would get like sick or ill or whatever. They would get ill, but they would the the maggots would get in their food. Yes. Yeah. It's it's I bad. It's bad. And that was punishment. That was punishment, but it was always... They got it... Sometimes they didn't deserve it. Like, I'm saying they would just... If they were just in a bad mood, they'd punish them for something they didn't do. Well, first of all, let's start off with the fact that none of them deserve that, Jessica. Well, their parents Not a single one. Right, like, in Scientology, when you give your child to the Sea Org or to a lot of these other places, you sign away parental rights, which the thing about Scientology is... Since you live multiple lives, families and friendships and all that are not that tenuous of a connection because you could have been your mother's mother in another life. Right. And so, really, Scientology breaks down the family bond that most religions hold sacred and they make it to where it's not that important because you're just going to live another life. 
until you reach clear. And like, the worst part is that there are a lot of Scientologists who feel that they don't measure up to the standards put before them or that they will never be able to reach clear. And they commit suicide because the fact that to them, in their minds, and Scientology does not teach this. Let me say this from the beginning. They don't beginning. teach mental illness, period. They no, don't believe in mental illness. But they, they do not teach anything that indicates you should commit suicide. But they do teach that you start a new life, and in that new life, you get to try again as clear. So there are a lot of Scientologists who have mental issues who look at that and they say, I'm not measuring up in this life. And they kill themselves and commit suicide because of the fact they're just going to be born again and can try again. And whether you believe in rebirth or not, like in Buddhism, there is actually like a stopgap to that. Because in Buddhism, even suicide for unnoble reasons, like if you give your life for someone else, that is a noble reason. Like if you go to push a child out in front of the train tracks, you have essentially killed yourself when the train hits you, but you did it for a noble reason. It's like Samson in Christianity. He died for the sake of destroying the enemies, pretty much. Right. So there are noble reasons, but like just killing yourself is seen as a terrible act and you can regress in the cycle because Buddhism uh, and other rebirth cycles are all about being the best you can be. To reach nirvana. Right. And every life that you die being the best you can be, you move on to the next level of life. Right. Well, we talked about that in our other previous episode. Right. That, I know. That's what makes this so easy. Since you talked about it, I can actually just reference it. But... If you commit suicide, you regress. And so, a lot of people who believe in the rebirth and reincarnation won't commit suicide because they don't want to regress. But Scientology does not teach this. Well, Scientology blames you. Yes. You're the fault. You didn't, you know, there's something within you. And so, that said, um, by the way, um, not all the kids that were there were Scientologist children. Right. Um, But they do teach you Scientology there. Right. Some of them were just, like, because it's marketed to people outside of Scientology. Right. right. As a, um... Pretty much like a getaway for the summer for a lot of them. That, and it's also put as correctional. Correctional. And so you have to be real careful about things like that. What they don't tell you is this is mostly for the children in Scientology that don't behave and don't accept the rules. Mostly. Right. Um, so the church opened the door to many pedophiles, or this ranch specifically. Um, while many children would report incidents, they would be told that they were either lying or confused because there's no way another Scientologist is capable of that evil because the you know, Scientology is, we're, we're cleansing the earth. Right. We're cleansing the earth of evil. So there's no way... You know, maybe you were confused or you're a liar. Or is there something that you have to tell us because you're not... There's something in you that's wrong, pretty much. And so this would help predators and even allowed some predators to force ancestral relations on children. It's, it, it's, it also make my stomach turn. And of course, we have the separation of families. This is why we were talking about disconnecting earlier. Pretty much if um, if me and Creighton were siblings and I left Scientology. Which we almost are. Not, yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, you know, if I left the church and I was being critical, I was like, I hate Scientology. It's a scam. 
Creighton would not be able, not be able to talk to me ever again. Period. Not if I was sick and dying. Nothing. Yeah, no. Not if I saw her in the store. I couldn't no. wave hi and talk to her. I had to pretend that she was legally dead. Or, yeah. So, like, at that point, like, if Jessica had left the church, it would be just like we have had a funeral and buried her. Right. And, I no longer exist. Right. So, literally, she could walk up into me at a store and I'm just supposed to look straight and... Amazingly, Scientology is not the only one with that. Right. There are other cultish religions that have that, such as Jehovah Witnesses. Right. And not only that, it's um, not only that I died, but that I was evil when I died. You know, right. you ha he's, his job is to slander me, which is the, goes back to fair game. Even if you're technically supposed to be dead to the church, they still have to slander you, which just totally makes right. no sense. Like, the church encourages children to slander their own parents right. for a leaving. Grandparents, anybody. Yeah. Um, In fact, uh, if you watch Leah Remini's show, because like I said, I did stop while I was doing research because I didn't want... I didn't want these haters, if you will, to yeah. be affecting my uh, my research. So, as accurate as these are, there is one story on there that got to me. There is a man and his wife who left the church, and his wife's parents are still part of the church. Right. They own homes in Florida. Mm -hmm. They own well, the grandparents own a summer home. Right. And they own a permanent home that used to be a summer home. It's right there by each other. Aren't right. They? And they are raising their three daughters there. If their three daughters go to cross the road, like literally across the road, not walking up the sidewalk, nothing, across the road to their grandparents' house, their grandmother will walk inside the house and lock the door so right. that they cannot come in. But they let the dog come. Yeah. She lets the dog come. Yeah, that dog. was a different story. That's was the it? neighbor behind it. Oh, okay. There was like the, they that she could, she wants to see the dog, so she yeah. left the dog door. And, oh yeah, my because God. the dog can't be held accountable for it. But like, oh my God. these grandparents are literally locking the door on their grandchildren because the parents made the choice to leave Scientology. It's, it's, in, it's insanity. So, um,. Another thing is, if you want to leave Scientology, and let's say you've caused enough ruckus where they send you to one, they have like more than one, but there's the hole and there's like another one. Pretty much, they're jails, okay? Um, if you try to leave, there's booby traps, like there's ditches and stuff like that to make sure you don't There's barbed wire on the inside of the fence. Right. And that Crazy should really... spikes, too. Right. Well, see, that should tell you what they're trying to do, because mm -hmm. the spikes are only on one side of the fence, right. and that's the inside. Yeah. And, and it's you a can't spike too. people once they're already like once people are trying to get in because they say it's for protection. <laughs> well, the thing is yeah. that if you're trying to get into the place, once you're inside, the spikes aren't a problem. Right. It's only when you go to get back out. Right. And um, and the thing is, you hear I, everyone who talks about this say, "I escaped Scientology. I escaped." I'm like, look, if you escaped, it's a cult. That's, yeah. that's that's a that's a really good way to know the difference. Right, like I honestly I would not say I have left my religion. I would say that I have left the church where I was at because I just left. It was my choice. I did not feel that they were preaching um, the message that I felt they should be and I left. Right. Like that's it's that that's easy. What I feel. Yeah, just not just not show up one day. Yeah, and you nobody showed that. up at the house to ask about me. Nobody's come to find me. Nothing like that. But you don't do that with Scientology. They will chase you. 
Yeah. They will. They'll. They'll. Um. This one guy got off on a motorcycle and drove off, and they had a SUV chase him, try to run off the road. Yeah. And he got lucky. Another vehicle saw him and got called the police, and that's how he got away, really. Right. And so, and then some people get caught, and they're never seen again. <laughs> like right. that's the that's the story. Now, I will say this just to end the show, because we have come to the end. Uh, oh no, we haven't, have no, we? we? Haven't. Oh my God, I forgot about the funniest part of the story. It's not funny, damn it. It's funny for me. I didn't do it. It's. <laughs> So, Jessica decided to be special for a day. So, I decided to infiltrate the Scientology church. I'm telling you. So, I texted Creighton. He said, what did you do? I was like, okay. (laughs) So, what you do is you can go online. And just in case we do have people that want to be Scientologists, I guess that's up to you. Um, You can go get an online... um, personality test okay and with that being said they'll ask you 200 questions they want you to go slow and think about it because it'll give you a little warning that you're going too fast which means jessica was going too fast she wasn't thinking about shit it's called the oxford capacity analysis and now see here's one of the things oxford college nor the oxford dictionary nor anything else official with the word oxford actually endorses this right but when you hear the word oxford you immediately connect back to oxford college right it's on purpose it's all on purpose like they have they have a cross as their symbol there but they're not christian you know it's stupid so like one of the so here's some of the questions i had the screenshots so i'll be putting this on instagram that's what we were mentioning earlier if we were invading another country would you feel sympathetic toward the conscientious objectors in this country would you buy on credit with the hope that you can keep up with payments um what was it uh would you use corporal punishment on a child age 10 if it refused to obey you uh Provided the distance were not too great, would you still prefer to ride than walk? Would it take a definite effort on your part to consider the subject of suicide? And here's my favorite. Are you suspicious of people who ask to borrow money from you? Yes, I am. It's when, it, when a church does, yeah. In the millions, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty suspicious of you. Um, well, and so then I told Creighton, uh, I just emailed the church. And he said, what did you write? So I sent him exactly now, actually, what I wrote. What I sent is, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And also, what'd you write? Because I'm curious, girl. Okay, so I sent, this is exactly what I sent. I have been reading about Scientology and I am very confused. What is this that I am reading that is talking about volcanoes and such? Also, I keep finding alleged reports of child abuse, and apparently people go missing. Oh, by the way, they also force women in the sea org to have abortions, by the way. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. By, yeah. I understand that there have also been allegations of forcing women to have abortions, and that Scientology forces families to split. I have read that Shelly Miscavige is missing, yet there are reports that she chooses to be away from everybody. Yet I have read where people have claimed to see her, but she has security guards and she does not look well. I would like to receive a statement of the church so I can understand what is happening. I am sure that there may be a misconception. I am simply concerned and interested in the ideals of the church. Thank you for your time. Well, (laughs) did they respond? 
I keep getting emails about how they want me to do an interview. No. Did you and, get a response? Interviews are not a well, hold response. On. Hold on. This is what they said. This is this is their response, which is not a response, like you said, but this is the response. They want me to come in, and they were t um, they keep mess emailing me this so I can get the um, the they want to talk about my my step my um, my uh, what is it called personality test yeah and they want to talk about my questions. Oh. And they gave me a specific, which I will not release, a specific uh, address to come to in Atlanta where the Scientology church is, and they want me to come talk about it. And I will not be doing that. I was about to say, are you going to go? I will not be doing it. Because when she told me about all these emails, I went, no, 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 no. And then I sent a picture of Simon Cowell going, no. uh, that is a big no from me. <laughs> well, and I wish that's where it started. So, well, stopped. Less than an hour. And I mean less than an hour. I sent it to Creighton. I sent. I keep sending. I sent all these screenshots to you. I know. And then we have other screenshots. I sent you back about other issues. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm going through them. But um, so I had a, a person on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, message me and say, and he's flirting. I was like, oh, another weirdo. Well, then he starts asking very specific questions. Questions like, where do you live specifically? Um, what is your job? Where do you work specifically? And I was like, no, bro, no. Well, I said, well, you know what? What do you do? He and or where are you from? And he told me he's from Fresno, California. And he is in New York right now because he of his dot dot oh no, he said, for because my job, dot 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 is what he did. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, bro, first of all, when you put a dot dot dot, you already throw me off. And also just go ahead and tell him what his job is, because I've got a comment. He's a secret spy. All right, so first of all, any man who will tell you he is a spy has already failed at being a spy. Absolutely. <laughs> so I Google Fresno, and um, there's a big, big Scientology mission in Fresno. Right, like we're not saying that the church put him up to it. We're not saying that the church has private investigators that are now trying to look into Jess. We're saying... That's very interesting that it happened like that. It's a quinky dink. It's a big coincidence. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in coincidence. Okay. Me either. I don't believe in coincidence. Well, here's the thing. So then I asked him, I said, I said, are you a Scientologist? Or what was it? Do you have the screenshot? I do. I do. All right, Hold on. Read it for Just us. Just give me one second. Okay. I gotta get up to it. Well, he got really mad at me for asking if he was Scientologist. Or, um, or I said, are you investigating me or something <laughs> like that? And uh, Crane will read it to you, but I was like, that's when it hit me, All I right. might die. So, basically, no, what he told you first is he said that he was a secret detective officer. That's what it was. That's what it was. And you asked, so as a secret detective officer, what's the difference between you and a private investigator? That's and he right. says, spy. So, Jessica says, really? So, you are a spy on people, question mark. You're not a Scientologist spy, are you? Question mark, <laughs> LOL. And the guy said, oh no, I'm not, LOL. I'm, I'm not? And she said, LOL, just checking. And he said, are you checking on what I do for a living? Which, A, you gave that away when you said spy, you son of a bitch. But the fact that he said, he, he asked if I was checking on him when I said Scientology. So you're telling me that's related to you? Right. And so Jessica said, no, I'm just asking. You got to be safe these days when you're on the internet. Duh. And then 
The guy did not respond to Jessica because she did the smart thing, ladies. She blocked him. Then he blocked me back. Yeah. That's what's weird. But he's not blocked to me. And I was going down through his, um, uh, what is it? Friends list or yeah. what it followers? Right. So basically he has only six followers, mm -hmm. like people who follow him. He didn't have any when I started talking to him. Right. And I looked at his pictures. When Jessica sent me the screenshot as they were talking, because she was doing that, as he responded, she'd take a picture and send me the screenshot. Yeah, I'm not stupid. And so I looked at his pictures, and his oldest picture was 10 hours old. Yeah. So this account was made about the time Jessica took, uh, well, Jessica started looking at the church's website and doing things like that. Right. So, when it comes down to it, he may not have been a Scientologist spy, but we're saying it's weird. But for him to say, are you looking up about me when I ask about Scientology, is when I was like, that just, to me, I was like, yeah, you're a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. You're, you suck at your job, but that doesn't mean you're not what you are. Right, and also, there's no such thing as a special detective officer. I looked it up. There you're is no idiot. army branch, no nothing, which... You're going to look at me and say, well, obviously they wouldn't tell you about it. No, I have a lot of friends in the U.S. government and military because of my family and other things. So, no. No, no. No. No, no. no. Say it now. No. And the thing is, they want me to get on the e-meter. That's, That's what they told really me. Loud. No. But they want me to get on the e-meter. Yeah. And hold the cans. Yeah. Hold the cans. That's what they, yeah. And, um... I just, I got so ill about that. Like, I was like, mother, give me my personality test. I want to know what it says. Well, no, you know what? I'll put those screenshots up too. What they told me pretty much is nothing about my, um, about it. And, um, they, oh, they already scheduled me without my permission. Did they? They scheduled me. They said, they sent me a thing that said, this is your uh, schedule. First, they asked me to schedule a, an appointment, and it said, these are the dates that are available. Then they sent me, this is your schedule, your scheduled date. And I was like, F you, I'm not going. Bump that. I don't think my husband told me what to do. I ain't, you ain't telling me nothing. <laughs> you, no. Oh. That's my story. Yeah, no. I could yeah. still die. I'll let you know. So, like, guys... There, there may be possible episodes in the future coming. May have an update every now and then. Yeah, I mean, or we may just disappear off there. You never know. At least I will. So, at this point, guys, I guess we're just kind of in this episode because we've already run over longer, but we hope you've enjoyed oh, it. Oh, I do want to tell you. So, yes. I did do a little bit of research. So, according to Scientology, they have about 14 million followers. According to the consensus, and they said most of it's in America. Yeah. On their, on this is on their website. That I read. According to the census, uh, there's about 20,000 yeah. in America. Makes perfect sense. They are not near. And so I thought to myself, they're not going to care if me and Creighton talk shit or, or if I do this. But then I realized they have so little that, and they're desperate for more money coming in. So what I'm saying is to our audience, don't just because I thought it was funny to, to do something like that and send messages that are rude. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? It's, it's funny for me. I do it for me, so you don't have to do it for you. You know what I'm saying? Be right. smart. Be safe. Don't be Jessica. And we hope you all have a wonderful week. We've got a wonderful episode coming up next week, too. Yes. Yeah, see, this is it's one of our history. We haven't done a history history one in a while. Well, 
We're doing legends in history well, and other things. Mine's more history than legend, though. Mine is way more legend than history. We'll find out. So stick around. Join us for women next week. Bye, guys. Bye.